Opportunity squandered. We're going to begin with the Western Conference and something that happened last night, which was ugh, just a punch in the guts for the Calgary Flames. Now, we looked at this week and we said to ourselves, okay, this is the, um, we did this on you know Sunday before the game against the Anaheim Ducks. This is the beginning of the dreaded four-game week for the Calgary Flames. Uh, everything seemed to be culminating for what is going to take place tonight. Uh, namely a game against the Winnipeg Jets. But we looked at the Calgary Flames and said, very, very slim margin for error. Did they have to beat the Anaheim Ducks? No, but in another perhaps more accurate sense, yes. And although it was awkward getting there, they did. Um, Comebacks the call of the day for the Calgary Flames. Last night was a tough one. Last night was supposed to be the game they won to make tonight really interesting. And instead... It almost feels right now like it's desperation time for the Calgary Flames. You can watch this one on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. There's the plug. Um, it is the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. Yesterday, of all teams, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are on an eight-game losing streak, handed to the Calgary Flames. It's another one-goal game for the Flames. 4-3 to three is the final score. And all of a sudden, the screws on the Flames get tightened even more. Um, they remain at 87 points. They remain outside the wild card picture. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets with the second wild card spot right now with uh, 89. Uh, the Calgary Flames could have done themselves a whole world of good. But now, if the Flames lose tonight against the Winnipeg Jets, all of a sudden what was two turns into four. And that is a pretty huge gap with only three games remaining for the Calgary Flames. But as it stands right now, Calgary Flames at 87 points. Winnipeg Jets at 89. Tonight's game is crucial. Duh, Merrick. Uh, Four games remaining for the Flames. Five games remaining for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, That is the wild card story from out west. So we're all set up for this game tonight. Also last night, you know, Elliot and I got into it uh, on the show here a little bit. And he's going to come on and glow probably, despite the fact that the Buffalo Sabres lost. But the decision to go with Devin Levi was a controversial one. He had only played leading into last night's game against the Florida Panthers one game. And I would make the argument he only really had to play one period of that one game in the NHL. The first two periods against the New York Rangers last week. The Rangers were a very sleepy team. And you saw that with the shots on goal. Uh, They looked like either a tired or disinterested New York Rangers squad that, you know, did wake up in the third period and threw 20 shots on Devin Levi. But that's really the only snapshot we have of him at the NHL level. Everything else about Devin Levi looks like blue chipper. Looks fantastic. Total stud. Real confident. You want that in a goaltender. He knows how good he is. And you want your goaltender to have that kind of confidence. And yesterday, Devin Levi was real good. 34 saves for the Buffalo Sabres. One problem. Alex Lyon was just that much better with 39 saves. Goals by Aaron Ekblad and Matthew Kachuk. The Florida Panthers jumped themselves into a wild card spot by beating the Buffalo Sabres by a final score of 2-1. to one, And I'm going to think that that pretty much, although the tragic number is still only 7, that's taken the Buffalo Sabres out of that one. If the Buffalo Sabres win that game last night, all of a sudden they control their fates, they control their fortunes. That road is a tough one and you're going to start to need some assistance here. Uh, if you're the Buffalo Sabres. So to get everyone caught up here. Oh, and by the way, the Penguins lose to the Devils. Like, that's the thing about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, at times, how many times have we said this? 
at times they look fantastic. At times Crosby and company look like they are undefeated. At times Crosby and company, you say to yourself, bring on the 125-point Boston Bruins. We're the only team that can handle them in the first round. And you know what? Sometimes when they're getting the goaltending and everything clicks, the Pittsburgh Penguins are one of those teams that could probably push and maybe even beat the Boston Bruins in an opening round, President's Trophy curse and all. 5-1 to one to the New Jersey Devils yesterday. The Pittsburgh Penguins fall. Of note there, Dawson Mercer, congratulations. Your first NHL hat-trick. Timo Meyer scores again. That's three goals in his last four games. And Dougie Hamilton, who is not going to win the Norris Trophy but should get plenty of votes. Uh, he's having a special season right now for the New Jersey Devils. He finds the back of the net again. The Devils win 5-1. to one. They keep pace as they tr- continue to try to hunt down the Carolina Hurricanes for top spot in the Metropolitan Division. So... Our race in the Metro looks like this. First wildcard spot now occupied by the Florida Panthers. They have four games remaining. Second wildcard spot occupied by the New York Islanders. And they have a matchup coming up against the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow. More on that in a couple of moments. And their schedule is kind of easy after that one. Montreal, Washington, uh, and a game against the Philadelphia Flyers as well. And then the Pittsburgh Penguins, who could have done themselves a world of good. We're saying that a lot today, and we'll probably continue to say that. The Penguins, who could have done themselves a world of good with a win over the New Jersey Devils yesterday. They remain at 86 points, and all they did last night was tick one game off, and that was the game in hand that they had. Uh, the Panthers, the Islanders, the Penguins all have four games remaining. The Buffalo Sabres, man, that's a tough loss. Uh, the tragic number is seven. They remain at 81 points, still not technically eliminated, but... Uh, so another really good game last night between the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. We talk a lot about what Toronto and Tampa is going to look like in the opening round. Give me some more of that Los Angeles Kings-Edmonton Oilers love uh, because those two teams, when they mix, it is often really, really Good. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk to Kevin Westgarth, uh, NHL VP of Hockey Development and Strategic Collaboration. We'll talk about the transition from NCAA to the NHL, and we'll get his thoughts on the Frozen Four. Jamal Mayer stops by from the NHL on Sportsnet. Uh, Haley Salvian from the Athletic and Hockey Central 960 stops by as well. In the meantime, I'm going to catch your breath, have a sip of this coffee, and say hello to Elliot Friedman on the other side. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now, there's just some days where you feel like you've had too much coffee and you're a little bit wiry and a little bit buzzy. It's kind of me right now. Elliot, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day, do you figure? Depends on if I'm working or not. If I'm, uh, if I'm working at night, uh, I only, I, if I'm not working at night, I have one. If I'm working at night, I... I need to do, I'd probably do two or three. And if I'm working with BX, yeah. I have like eight. <laughs> so you're not a morning coffee guy? You're just like an afternoon no, evening no, guy? Because I, I try to I shut have, down have, the caffeine around one thirty. One every day in the morning. And the, right. the, if I have another, depends on if I'm working. All right. Well, I'm I'm feeling a little bit buzzy because I think I've had too many cups of coffee and not enough food, namely none. Um, really? So if, I, if, I, if I feel like I, I just went for yeah. breakfast at eleven o'clock. Well, enjoy that. You're a lot. 
you're a lot healthier than I am, Elliot. Um, you had a Are decent breakfast. All I've had is, is you, caffeine, so I'm jolty a little bit. Uh, first of all, that is such a joke. Like, the idea that I could be anywhere near as close to as healthy as you are is, Today like, you are. is, is such a joke. Because, first of all, we know that you're, like, um, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes when it comes to your diet. Like, the last time you ate anything that was remotely bad for you was about 1986. And, you, <laughs> like, like, I'm much better at working out now than I used to, but you're, like, the workout yeah. king. So the Not idea true. that Not I could true. be even no, in the David same Amber health is. level David, as you are... David. Well, David Amber, like, like, I don't know what's in those B12 shots that he alleges he takes. Like, I, I, I that's just a completely <laughs> different thing entirely. You're going to have to ask her bring in Dixie Cups to work. Uh, sir, can you take this to the gentleman's room and <laughs> and return? Dave, David's on, and I've, I've worked out with David before, and it's... He's next level. All I'm saying is today you are a healthier person than me. Your lifestyle okay. today is a lot healthier because I'm just buzzing on four cups of black coffee, and that's not exactly I am healthy going to and the gym not to a good radio show. See, no, you got me great. beat there. Could well. be a great radio you're, show. You're having yeah. a good breakfast. Could be great. Okay, so here we go. So a couple of things from last night, and I do want to let you have a little victory lap for Devin Levi although the Buffalo Sabres did lose that game. But first, mm-hmm. Calgary and Chicago last night. Chicago goes in on an eight-game losing streak. All of a sudden, it's the, oh, this is the the, the Hawks that we thought we were going to see all season long. Uh, they're doing it right. The Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Obviously, they're watching what Connor Bedard is doing in the Saskatoon Blades, and they're saying, give me some more of that at the NHL level. Four to three is the final score. And, I mean, it does set up a great night tonight on Wednesday Night Hockey, but still, that's the game that the Calgary Flames have to have for each. You know, I, I kind of wondered if the Chicago front office would go into the Blackhawks dressing room between the second and third period and drug their water or something like that. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and you know, the other thing, too, is I think because of the way that some of Calgary's wins uh, went the last couple of days, like uh, – uh, the, the one against Anaheim, the one on Friday, and the one against Anaheim on Sunday. I think a lot of people watching it thought, mm-hmm. okay, they've got this in the third period, just like they had that other two. But then you watch Chicago score a couple times, and you're like, oh my goodness. And you know, I still believe at the end that the Flames were gonna were gonna uh, find a way to force overtime and see what happened there. But it's a bad loss. Like there's mm-hmm. there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's it's a terrible. A terrible loss for the Flames, one that they absolutely could not afford. And now what you're looking at is even if you win in regulation tonight, uh, Winnipeg is going to have the tiebreaker. You're going to be tied with the Jets, a team that has a tiebreaker on you, and they're going to have a game in hand still. Like you've you've really put yourself into an extremely uh, difficult position. Like Calgary's margin for error was slim before. It's none now. They've they've got yeah. to win out. Like you, you, like they have to look at it themselves. They've got to win out. And the other thing too is, I saw last night Sutter wouldn't commit to a goalie tonight. Um, I, I think you, like like I said to you yesterday when it, come, it came to Levi, you have to put the guy in the game who you think is going to win. It doesn't matter what their contract status is. It doesn't matter what their pedigree is. You have to put the guy in net tonight mm-hmm. who you think is going to win. And I am very, very curious to see who the Calgary Flames believe that goalie is. 
So the the I'm glad you brought up tiebreakers because the interesting note about tonight, um, if the Winnipeg Jets win, obviously they're four points ahead of the Flames, but with that win, they would clinch all tiebreakers yeah. with the Calgary Flames. Um, it, it it gets worse and worse and worse for like this is the one, man. Yesterday was supposed to set up today, right? Wasn't it? And now it's all of a sudden. It kind of feels like the Calgary Flames are just clinging for dear life here, like the season's on on life support in this game against the Winnipeg Jets. I know they have another one Saturday against the the Vancouver Canucks on hockey night, but this one kind of feels like a life support game. And you know, Daryl Sutter is trying to keep the keep the plug in the plug in the wall here. Yeah, it, it absolutely is a life support game. I think that's a great way to put it, Jeff. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was funny. I got a text from someone last night. A buddy of mine is a big Flames fan. And he's like, he wanted to start a petition to play Dustin Wolf tonight. And I was like, I don't think you're going to get enough signatures <laughs> before game time. But like, you know, but Jeff, like, well, hang you on, know, like, sh- yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say you were hot to hot to trot on one game of Devin Levi and send him in there last night against the Panthers. Why not throw Dustin Wolf in there? Well, I mean, like I said, you have to do what you think. You have to throw everything at it tonight. <laughs> you have to start the best guy who you yeah. think you can win. And and I think we're all going to be curious. Like I, I haven't seen yet if Sutter's going to meet with the media like two hours before the game, like sometimes you do when you're playing back-to-back, or or he's going to do what Don Granado yeah. did and just say, watch the warm-up. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just – I look at it, you know, look, like you said it right. They, they coughed up a hairball last night. Uh, they uh, they have no margin for error. They they have to win this game tonight, and they've almost got to win it in regulation. Um, I, I like I don't even think you can really look they do. like you you have to beat them outright. You don't even want to give the Jets a point. And you know, and how about Nashville? They don't. Like they won't go away. They're just sitting there. Beat the beat the Golden Knights yesterday. Novak with yeah. three points, Glass with a couple of points, Lankinen with uh, with thirty save performance. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights three two. Like I know this is tough and this is a really steep climb for the Nashville Predators, but still, like they they won't go away. They 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 will. This is the cat that keeps coming back. It's the Preds. Well, I, I think the one thing you have to look at with the Jets is too is like the Jets, as we talked about. They didn't just win two games last weekend. They kicked the crap out of people. Oh yeah. And uh, like yeah. like this like this is the kind of game like like you have a chance. I always think about this. Like uh, um, I, I'm not going to say who the player was, but because I don't know that he would appreciate it. But I re- but I remember talking to this one player. He's still active in the NHL, and he talked about how. There are certain victories you can have where you don't just beat an opponent, but you break them. Like you break them, you end them. And tonight yeah. is an end them game for the Jets. You you win this, and 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 what he said to me is, you can't be a champion without having that we're going to end them mentality. And this is one of those games for the Jets. They, in a lot of ways, they could end the playoff race tonight. And so, you know, we'll see. They're 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 sitting there. Calgary's the team that's got to travel. Uh, they they just suffered a disheartening loss. Uh, the Jets have all the Jets have the good math. 
And, and by the way, I'd like to thank yep. the um, the Twitter user last night who sent me a meme in my DMs, uh, saying with a picture of myself saying, "Congratulations, you just got bad math." But the Jets have the the good math, <laughs> and you know, like there's like the Jets can end this all tonight. They can say this race is over. Yep. Um, they really, can. you know, you know which team comes to mind when you talk about having that killer instinct. Like we need to, we need to to break this team. Like let's end this right now. Man, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that was great about watching the Oilers in the eighties. The 80s Oilers had that, and it was like, okay, it's a game where they can break a team. All It's 11-3. to 3. Like, they had that. I mean, yeah. I, I know it was a murderer's row of players to begin with, with Gretzky and Messier and Anderson and Curry and Coffey and Lowe and Fuhr, like, right down the list. But when, when you're talking about that, like, great teams having that killer instinct, my brain right away goes to that 80s Oilers squad. Um, okay. Time for the uh, the Elliott Friedman victory lap. Although the Buffalo Sabres ended up losing the game, yeah. Devin Levi was great. Like, flat out, yep. Devin Levi was great. Alex Lyon was great in that game, too. Matthew Kachuk, who continues uh, to make noise for the uh, the Hart Trophy runner-up trophy, which I think we're going to award this year at some point. Elliott, uh, he was great again yesterday. He scores. Ekblad scores. Your thoughts on the Florida Panthers I hate to say it, pretty much taking the Buffalo Sabres out of this one. Yeah, you know, I, I have to, I, you know, I have to say this that, uh, um, you know, the the Sabres still have an opportunity, but they 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 obviously could, they basically controlled their own oh. destiny if they won last night. Yeah, it's top Jeff. Come on, I'm trying to sell play. Some of these games are on TV, Jeff. I'm, try, <laughs> I'm trying to sell them, okay? Um, okay. But right. they, they could have controlled their own destiny if they won that one last night. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. I thought, like, I'm not taking any victory laps here. I think, like, I think Granado made the call. Uh, he's the, uh, like, you, you go, at this time of year, like I said, it doesn't matter where you were drafted, how much money you make, what your experience level is. It's all about who is the guy who I think can win me the game. And, you know, Levi already almost did it. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, about how when, you know, he was deciding whether or not to come out, he was interviewing them as much as they were interviewing him. And I, and I think there was a Zoom call where, like, basically the entire Sabres organization was on it, answering any question that he might have about the opportunity he was going to get and, and the – place he stepped into and uh you know he was really good last night the winning goal was a pretty brilliant deflection it's great um by kachuk um uh i mean look i mean i I, like i i have said i'm 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 betting on the islanders in pittsburgh like that pittsburgh pit it looks really shaky like like i understand there's no shame in losing to new jersey there isn't they're a really good team but boy like the Penguins, they were they were never in that one last night. They just they just never were. The the Devils took control of that game early, and it was it was never in doubt. And uh, I mean, what a story Lion is! I still think the Islanders get in because they have the best goaltending, and and also that like Pittsburgh's in trouble because they don't have the tiebreaker against anyone. So you know, that's the that's the concern, but. You know, hey, it looks like it looks like Ottawa's done, and 
it's a huge challenge for Buffalo. Uh, it really is. So w- w- one more thing here on the uh, on on the on, on the Buffalo Sabers uh, Florida Panthers game from last night, and I'm maybe I'm putting too much in this one game, but I mean this last night was. I think we're all on the same page here. Last night was the biggest game of the Buffalo Sabres season. Like, that was it. And I know the coach has got to go with who he thinks is going to win. But you know how people are. And you know how athletes are. And how proud athletes are. And how competitive athletes are. I don't know that it really matters other than just to those two players. But what's the message to Lukanen and Comrie? When he well, goes in, just, now, mind you, again, to your point, Levi was re- Levi was excellent. He was yeah. really good. And here's the one thing: you remember when remember when Patrick Waugh started in the NHL? Remember how cocky he was? Remember how yeah. confident Patrick Waugh was? And he carried it yeah. through his entire career. There's some of that in this Levi kid. Like there is a confidence, there is a cockiness. You mentioned you know interviewing the Buffalo Sabers, not the other way around. That exists mm-hmm. with this guy. But anyway, the message to the other goaltenders here, and I come short of saying, oh, do we have a goalie controversy? Although when you look at it, here we are with three goaltenders, and they've chosen the guy that you know going into last night only had the one game experience and the biggest game of the season. Well, I think you can sort that out in the off season. First of all, I do not expect Lukanen and or Comer to like it. I think if you're a professional, you want that game. And you're while you may not bitch about it and you try to be a good teammate, I think it's only human to not like it. And if I was in their shoes, that's the way I would feel. I would outwardly, I would want to be yeah. supportive. There's, there's bigger, there's more important things than me going on right now because the Sabres are in a playoff race. But I would be pissed off and I would be disappointed. And... Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, again, I think that's only natural. I think if you weren't pissed off or disappointed, you're, you're not cut out to try to be the best. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I, again, like I said, Granado's one responsibility is I got to win the game. Here's who's going in that because I think they can win yep. the game. And if there's a lingering problem like you talked about, Jeff, you sort that out after the season. Look, I mean, you you, you sit there and you say, okay, like, now, assuming this all continues the way it's going, you, you, you know, Levi has a job with the Sabres next year, right? Now, the question is, mm-hmm. like, if you're the Buffalo Sabres, what do you think that means around them? Like, what kind of goaltender do you need to be paired with Levi? Like, do you think that guy's ready to play 60 games? Do you think he's ready to play 55 games? Who do you need with him? Mm-hmm. And number two... You know, the other thing that's going to happen with the Sabres for next year is, you know, they can't take a step backwards. Like, next year, you know, their fans are going to want them to, to be in the playoffs. So, like, there's yep. – so you've got, to, you've got to have a goalie tandem there. And if there was one thing we're learning in the NHL now, you better have a really good number three in the American Hockey League, too. You better have a setup mm. where – you could make the playoffs next year. So I think that's what you're looking at. If you're Buffalo, you're saying, you know, everybody has to, we have to have a situation next year where we can make the playoffs and we'll sort that out as we feel necessary. You know, maybe the only silver lining and it's not that bright a silver lining other than it's a nice story. And we'd like to see it end this way. That loss yesterday brings the Sabres one step closer to starting Craig Anderson, April 13th, 
against the Ottawa Senators. That might yeah, be the only thing to look at that and say it's a drag for the Sabres. But you know what? Craig Anderson, Craig Anderson might get his last game in the NHL against the right team. A um, couple of minutes here. I want to park a little bit of time to talk about uh, a story that might be, you know, off the uh, off the beaten path in the uh, around NHL circles, but not in pro hockey circles. Once upon a time, Elliot, as you well know, the American Hockey League legitimately, like legitimately, rivaled the NHL. It was a league that was at least on par at times with the National Hockey League. There were plenty of players, and I think of someone like Johnny Bauer, who didn't want to join the NHL because he was making more money playing at the American Hockey League level. Um, really good, solid. Uh, Springfield was a, a solid team. Providence was a really solid team. Like they were really good team, really good teams in the American Hockey League. These were all independent and not affiliated with the NHL. And then the story of the American Hockey League subsequent had been NHL teams, even though they don't necessarily all own their American Hockey League affiliates, they do have affiliations uh, and they loan talent to them. Are the Chicago Wolves looking to go old school and go independent and not have themselves affiliated with any NHL team? What do you hear? What do you know? Well, apparently yesterday the Wolves sent out, and right now the Wolves are uh, the care uh, the care the care. I was all I'll call them the Carolina Panthers. Got my sports mixed up. Uh, the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes uh, uh, affiliate this year. They won the Calder Cup last year, um, and but apparently they sent out an email to all the agents yesterday, I- indicating that they, that was their plan for next season. And they're going to be looking to sign players. And, like, they basically said, if you're not happy with the current AHL path or you want to help, like, or you want a different path, well, we're looking to do that. And we're willing to listen to you about how you want your players developed. And, uh, like, so that that's a pretty fascinating thing to me. Um, you know, like I'm still working on finding out uh, a bit more uh, about it. Uh, and, but, you know, right now, like the AHL takes a lot of pride in 32 teams, 32 developmental teams. Now, 11 of them are owned and operated, as you mentioned, including the likes of Syracuse and uh, Charlotte and uh, Hershey. And 21 are owned by their NHL teams. Um, but you know, Chicago has been an independent for Chicago has been independently owned for a long time. They are among the best funded, yeah. if not the best funded American hockey league team. And as you said, they have a long history of trying to win. And, you know, I was talking to a they few do. of these agents about this. Um, I think that what you could see is I, I don't think a lot of young players will end up there, but I, I think if you've got to, like an either an older AHL player or a middle age AHL player who maybe it isn't working out well in his particular organization right now, you could see that. I think the one the, what someone said to me they thought was the most interesting thing was is an NHL team going to say, look, we have two or three goalie prospects, and we want, and this is a guy who can't play all the time in our main AHL spot, can he play there? Like, that, like that's where, like, someone said to me they could see a bunch of NHL teams wanting a goalie to go there. 
But they did say they didn't think that young guys would be too interested because teams would want control over that. But if you had yep. some middle AHL players, they could definitely do so. And the other thing, too, is the salaries will probably be very competitive because Chicago historically has not yes. been afraid to pay well. well you know, I, I wonder if it's um, for a lot of those players that make that decision towards the end of their career. You know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to see more another part of the world. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to go to Germany. I'm going to go to Sweden. I'm going to go to Finland. I'm going to go to Switzerland. I'm going to go wherever. Maybe now, instead of making that decision, if Chicago goes this route, you have an option with the Chicago Wolves. That's That was the first thing that I that I had wondered about here, Elliot. Well, the only person whose worst day of their life was in Chicago is my wife, because that's where we got engaged. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Steph. I'm so I'm so sorry, Steph. Um, you know, I, 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 it's funny you, you talk about this, and, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, Chicago has been you know one of those teams in the past that even though they were affiliated with NHL teams, like they were they were one of the teams that paid big for players. Right. They 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 have like for the longest time, there were always sort of hired guns in the American Hockey League. There was like Brett Sterling and Darren Hadar and Eric Westrom and Kirby Law and, and these types of guys like that yeah. were the sort of tweener hockey players. And it, it must be like the most it, it's got to be the most frustrating position in all of hockey, knowing that you're probably too good for the American Hockey League, um, but just not quite there yet to be a full time NHL player. Um, that's got to be frustrating, but there was always a spot, and generally it was in Chicago, and that's why they won so many championships, where you could play there and make a really, really healthy wage and dominate a really good pro loop. I wonder if, uh, you know, we start to see these types of players again, and, you know, check your phone to see if, you know, Brett Sterling and Darren Hadar are calling about a comeback now, Elliot. Yeah, that's a, I remember when Chris Chelios played there, and when it was Atlanta's AHL team, mm. and I remember being in the sauna in my suit with uh, with a decidedly much less dressed Chris Chelios and Anthony Stewart. <laughs> you went into the sauna with your suit for a feature? He well, must have been you know, leaking hard. Oh, my God. It was so – people were – like, I remember when that one aired, and that one was on CBC. People were just trashing me because Chelios uh, used to take his, his, his bike into the sauna, yeah. right? So I went in there Crazy. with him yeah, in my suit, yeah. and uh, – Oh my God! People were just murdering me. It was great. Please tell me that's available online somewhere. I'm sure it is out there. I'm sure it is. That's awesome. Uh, well, listen. Uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And uh, listen, enjoy. Listen, uh, Wednesday night hockey tonight is going to be a good yes. one. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. There is a lot. Uh, on the line here, um, specifically for the Calgary Flames career on li- or season rather uh, on life support right now. We'll uh, we'll be watching this one certainly. Okay, Fridge, talk to you tomorrow. All right, buddy, take care. There is Elliot Friedman from Thirty Two Thoughts on Hockey Night in Canada.